Welcome back, everyone. Both of you. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. Mutual victory. This is mutual victory, and Henry is very thirsty right now. (laughs) Microphone might pick it up. The microphone may pick up Henry's sudden need to drink two gallons of water. (laughs) Our 80-pound Bernadoodle. Oh, oh boy. It's good. Um... What is your opinion on House of the Dragon? Like, is it something we obviously haven't watched it? Yeah, I'm is like, it how something? Can I have an opinion. Is it something you want to watch? Would watch Game of Thrones thoughts stuff like that? I don't know. Are you? Are you I would that? love to watch it, as long as it is not as disgusting as the Game of Thrones. Oh well, first season. Do we watch? We didn't even watch the whole first season together. We watched like two episodes. Because it's out of control. We watched we watched season seven to get ready for season eight. And I remember there was but like... At that point, it was like more there, murdery. There was a sex scene and it was arguably the most... Boring. Tame. Yeah. That had ever been seen on that show. And you were just appalled. You said, what is... What is happening? I'm like, oh, man. You have no idea. Yeah, I can't. It's just too much. So I'm open to House of Dragon. I would like it to not be that intense with, like, some of the more incestuous things. So we'll see. I don't know. I think you're barking up the wrong tree if you want. Well, I mean, I didn't... We didn't... I didn't watch the first episode yet, and there have been two See, this already. is what doesn't make any sense to me, though, because you can do Game of Thrones, and here you are. You're like, we're going to give House of Dragon a shot. I'm not saying... I'm saying maybe. And your absolute disgust with Outlander. Yeah. I don't understand. How could you watch Game of Thrones, but then like not be able to stomach the sexual violence in well, I'm not saying like I don't dislike it I don't enjoy it more or anything like that like I'm not like oh I this, this sexual violence I can totally get behind I, I this over I here I recognize that I'm just saying like what makes Outlander go over the line whereas like for me it's the opposite like I can ign- like I can ignore those scenes mm. I think I also know a lot of times when they're going to happen yeah. and I just like stop watching mm. because I read the books. Mm. Well, yeah, because you read the books, you know, it's coming. Maybe and that's if you, the key. You got to read the books. And apparently there's a scene in the first episode. It's pretty gory too. It has to deal with childbirth. So. Oh, I can deal with childbirth gore. Can you? Yeah. How about C-section childbirth gore? Yeah, totally. Oh, well, that, that raised some eyebrows in the first episode. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Part of me wants to, but part of me is like, you know, it's, it's just, they're going to burn me again. I'm going to go back to this, this world I enjoyed reading about and watching and it's just going to, it's just going to hurt me again. <laughs> so why am I even going to do it? And I, I don't, part of it, I don't want to support anything that George R. R. Martin is doing or releasing that isn't the next book in the series. Ah. If it's not The Winds of Winter, I don't want to support it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to watch it because I'm like, could you just, it's been 10 years. Can you write the next one? There's two (laughs) left. Maybe he struggles with like linear time and understanding that like sometimes you have to develop something new. No, Well, I mean, the first three books were like 1996, 1998, and 2000. And they were all like 900 pages. Right. And then I think 05 was the book four and then 11 was book five. And now I think it's he's just spending like, too much time on TikTok. Maybe. Or writing blogs about the Giants. I don't know <laughs> what he does. You know. And I remember when that book, Fire and Blood, came out. It's like a book on the Targaryen family that the show is based on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this seems really cool. But I'm like, I would really want to read what happens in the story I'm already invested in. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And also, I think if you're going to deviate from the Game of Thrones timeline as it is uh, and go backwards... I would have loved to like hear the story of King Robert's rebellion. I think that would, which is like immediately precedes the events in the first Game of Thrones book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like Robert is king and he just overthrew the last Targaryen and King Robert's rebellion. So like how that all went down it would be cool because it's like 
it kind of sets up the world that we already know. Right. And it's got characters we're already familiar with. It's not that far in the past. I don't know. I would have liked to. That would be cool. But I don't know. I'm up in the air. Prequels are interesting. Because, well, didn't you make a statement? Didn't you make some comment the other day where you were like, let's watch this show where I already know what happens in the future or something like that? Like, yeah. Um, it's probably about <clears throat> House of the Dragon. Yeah. Like, no matter how this show ends, right. the story that comes after it still ends with stupid Bran on the stupid throne. Yeah. I had a little bit of, like, I there's going to be a prequel to Outlander. Or maybe when we were watching Obi-Wan. No, it was not when we were watching. Really? Obi-Wan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, we made some comments when we were watching Obi-Wan because it was like, we in a fight scene, mm, for example, you're right. not like going to be on the edge of your seat because you know that like Yoda's not going to die right. in the scene. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. Well, especially with the duel at the end of the last episode between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Right. Like we know. Yeah. But that, I, but there is something about it that made it cool, which I'll say after you say your thing um i had that thought about the i think it's called blood of my blood maybe is what they're gonna call it um and it's supposed to be about jamie's parents oh and i'm like i'll watch anything in like oh they're gonna do a show yeah oh okay yeah i'm like i'll watch anything in i mean i love period Mm -hmm. shows movies books all of it um and it'll be interesting to just like how much, how much is it going to be similar to or related to? Like, are we going to figure out like where Jamie gets all of his mm. pieces from? Is it going to be just totally separate because it'll be about his parents and their love story? Maybe, maybe. I, I just don't know. I hope so because I think there's with stuff that's rebooted and remade lately. I feel like there's a lot of like. You, it's like you're picking for member berries. It's like, oh, I remember that thing from the, like, mm-hmm. Star Wars is a good example because yeah. it was rebooted. It's like, oh, there's this lightsaber. I remember that. Oh, there's the Millennium Falcon. I remember that. And it was just like fan service where it's like, oh, all the shit from the first time we did this is it's here still. Cool. Did you okay. just call them remember berries? Oh, I didn't come up with that. Someone else. I heard that from somewhere. But yeah, oh, that's so cute. Rem- member berries. Member berries. Still member berry picking. Which is both kind of cool because I know when we saw Force Awakens, I was like, "Oh, Millennium Falcon," but then I don't actually think about like why is it there? Why doesn't Han Solo have it? Right. Thinking about all that crap, I was just like, "Oh, cool!" And then tears ass around the place and shoots stuff. And that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Member berries. I don't really mind. Like in Obi Wan, we watch a fight between two characters we know survive, right? Or the whole series, like we know. We know Leia survives. We know Obi-Wan. We know it's all fine. Mm-hmm. I don't... Then the suspense isn't like plot oriented where we're like, hey, what's going to happen? It's more like character oriented, hopefully, when it's like, what are these people that we already know go through to make them who we are when we see them? Right. And how does that shape them? And how does it give some backstory? Which can be like, oh, when we see Obi-Wan in episode four, or a kind of thing that was kind of cool. I read someone like on Twitter or something. When Obi-Wan stops fighting in the, the, the duel with Darth Vader at the end of episode four, before he like strike down and disappears, mm-hmm. he looks over and sees like Luke, Leia, and Han and Chewie running across and he sees Luke and Leia like reunited. And like we know like he has a yeah. history with Leia now. And it's like and he knows who they are. So he's mm-hmm. like, Oh my like they they're they're back. Like the twins reunited. Right. This is like that's why he's like, Oh, like I did it. Like it's the first step in what we tried to do is started. That's why he like Allows himself to be sacrificed. I'm like, oh, that's pretty kind of cool. I I like that. So, yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Second second question I want your take on. Okay. Rings of power. No idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the billion dollar Amazon Lord of the Rings show that's coming out in a week. Is that what it's called? That's cute. They got to work on their marketing if you don't know what this is called. (laughs) Not... I mean, I'm probably not the test of this because we have established a numerous episodes that I do not remember the names of things. This, this little startup company is investing in a TV show about some little known work. Yeah. Um, Rings of Power. Yeah. I don't know if I care about that name. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Okay. Because I love that universe. Love I love world. that world. Right. I love 
everything about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I don't get to live in some, you know, mixture of the Shire and Rivendell. I just don't oh. understand why. Well, that. we can work on it. <laughs> we need to work on it. We need to build some things in the back. Yeah. Um, some kind of we're close. We elven have a- shrine. Yeah. We have a garden that's very Shire esque. We we definitely are nailing it on the Shire theming. Yeah. It's the elvish mm. piece. It's a little more highbrow that we got. Yeah, that has a little bit more of a elegant type architecture yes. that I can't do anything about. I can get some sticks. Yeah. And do something with it, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. no. So um, excited. Well, I mean, along that, what is your view on like? Because I think a lot of the controversy I'm seeing is like making changes to established lore or adding characters, um, adding lots of things that aren't in source material for this show. What do you land on that? I'm curious. You know what? I wish I was actually like? thinking about this when some. I think somebody was talking, or I read something in passing about the Game of Thrones show. I would like people in general to have as much frustration <laughs> yeah. and uh, energy and pushback when <laughs> we make up shit in actual history in this world in the real time. Mm. <laughs> like, if anyone was like, hmm... This uh, article on Ronald Reagan doesn't sound quite as accurate as uh, it was, given his character and the choices mm. he made. But everyone's just like, blah, blah, blah. Let's move forward with fierce patriotism. Like, And then they'll get so offended when a made-up world mm. makes up more made-up shit. Right. It's weird to me. I get it and i'm with you probably 90% of the way and if the people that were doing the more making up were the people whose material that was i would agree with you 100% you know i don't know this is i i find i don't i don't know where i land this is why i have to say this out loud where like if you look at changes made for the lord of the rings movies mm-hmm. they changed like so much like i didn't know until i read the books where like frodo was supposed to be like 60 right you know and sam is significantly younger that's why he calls him Mr. Frodo and Sir and whatever. Yeah. But like... We just thought Sam was really polite. Right. Yeah. I mean, Sam seems older than him in the movies. Yes. Uh, And I didn't know that. And going into the first movie without knowing that, it didn't bother me at all. Of course, I didn't know. It made sense. I'm like, yeah, everything looks like it works. And then you learn about it and like, oh, that's a change they made. And like the purists were like, hmm, this is an interesting change you're making. And then it ends up working. You know what I mean? Right. So like there's that. And you can't... I mean, if you're adapting anything, you can't make, take exactly what's on the page and always do it on the screen. It just can't. Right. Um, well, particularly when those first Lord of the Rings movies came out. I mean, that was like 25 years ago. Yeah, 2001, two, and three, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a scene in the book where like, I don't know if you remember the end of Fellowship when they're leaving Lothlorien and they're giving him the gifts, like the daggers and mm-hmm. the cloaks and stuff. Like Gimli asks for three hairs or asks for a hair from Galadriel's head, and she gives him three. And he tells the story in the extended cut, but, like, how do you shoot that scene? You know, and you can you can have it in a book, and you can be like, okay, I can see how this would work on the page, but, like, you can have John Reese davies receiving three hairs from Kate <laughs> Blanchett's head. What is she going to do? Just like, boing, 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 here you go. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't work. So, like, yeah, you have to change stuff. Um, and then I, I just don't know how much change is too much change for like source material and like what, like at some point I say to myself, if you're changing so much, just, and just make up something else. Like if it's going to be that much change, just make your own thing up. And I don't know. Or I'm also in the end where like, yeah. you know what? I don't really care. I love visiting middle earth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the show mm-hmm. and be in it and be in the, the atmosphere, whatever, and try to enjoy it and not really give a shit about all of that. <laughs> to me, it seems just like, the next level of fan fiction of like, if you love and you appreciate something and you want to expand on it and create within that creation, 
you really couldn't go and make your own because it would still be like, I just. Well, I don't know. I made a bold proclamation about writing a book last two episodes ago. And I was like, it's a lot like this universe that I already create that already exists. And <laughs> yeah, but that's diff like that's different than being like, we're going to walk into Mordor. Mm. Like <laughs> it's and and um using as far as I know, I mean, what do I know? Obviously elves exist in other places. I don't know if I've heard of other mythology where hobbits yeah, are I think that's, a thing. Yeah. So like if you're gonna write about hobbits, you can't right. just be like I'm going to make up this other whole place where hobbits live, hmm. you know? Um, so would it, it it's yeah, tricky. I don't know. It is is tricky. there a part of me that would love someone to write a newer, better story of an orphan wizard that goes to a magic school and makes some friends and defeats a dark Lord and, uh, take all of that energy um, away from a certain other franchise so that we could all enjoy wizard magic school again. Yes. Yeah, that's I would a, love that's that. That's a whole other debate of separating the artist from I know. the creator from the art. That's a whole other, that's an episode. It's a whole other episode. I don't know. But one last thing about like middle earth and rings of power. I came across on YouTube. I don't know how it ended up on my like suggested pages or whatever. It was an audio clip um, but like the the movie was playing in the background, but the audio was J.R.R. Tolkien reading the the excerpt from the chapter in Return of the King, the Ride of the Rohirrim, like where they oh, show yeah. up and make the charge yep. on the Pelennor Fields. Oh, it is so freaking cool! It was so wild. I'm like, oh, this might be neat. It's three minutes long. And I'm just like, I did you cry? I had man tears. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It was awesome. So. Yeah. To hear the author speak his words, and then with the movie, it was like because that's like my one of my favorite scenes in that movie, mm -hmm. like the music and all the images was pretty awesome. I think my second favorite is the lighting of the beacons. I love that part too. Yeah, because the music is super super awesome. Yeah, but that no, was really cool to hear. I mean, because I've read the book, but I didn't like I don't know it enough to like. So to hear him read what we were saying was pretty cool. Worth checking out. I don't know. Yeah, it was awesome. But what are we here to talk about? What are we here what to talk about? What are we really about? here to talk about? Because it's none of the stuff that I just went on about. It's none of this tangent. It's a whole other... You start with the tangent, and then it's better than like getting on a path, and then... Or maybe not. I don't know. I like to start in with... The middle? Yeah. Pre-tangents. Pre-tangents. Uh, we're going to talk about live music. Yeah. What inspired this idea? I don't know... If it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was. I'm just saying if you know what. I just know that. What birthed this idea? When the pandemic was mm. in like lockdown mode. Yeah. And we got to have lots of fun conversations around like, man, we can't do this thing. Would love to do this mm. thing. Yep. And yet, when we really think about it, we didn't do this thing a whole lot prior to. True. So getting really appreciative of um, just live art, live yeah. music, Going to do performances, things. Yeah. festivals, and kind of making that a commitment. Like, yeah. we're going to do this when we're able to do this again and not yeah. put it off. Yeah, uh, I think initially maybe it was, it's like more local, like because summer concert series around here, yep. I mean, we would go a handful of times in the summer, sit in the sunshine in the commons and hear a band, you know what I mean? I think that was that was more of it than seeing like, oh, my favorite band is coming through. Right. You know, it was more right. of like, like the local stuff. Right. With like, especially without and, and grassroots and other, other places would have live music at like wineries and breweries. Mm -hmm. and it was mm -hmm. just always nice to kind of chill. Um, yeah, and I had a real awareness during the time of not public gatherings, too, that, like, the struggle of being an artist mm. and your whole livelihood being based in being able to perform, like, and being able to show up and have people buy tickets and sit in seats and mm. um, how much of a hit so many artists took. Uh, oh, yeah. and during the pandemic and um, the lockdown part of the pandemic. 
because we're not done pandemicking. Yeah, as much as everybody wants to think that we are done pandemicking. We're not like done, 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 done. Yeah, done, done, done. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of that too, like wanting to make sure that when when we can do this again, that we support. You know, I don't think that like Pearl Jam's hurting for money or anything, <laughs> and uh, local bands and venues might have felt that in a different way mm. than like really big name bands. And still, it's like, let's go do this thing because it's not guaranteed. It's not yeah, guaranteed. It's true. So, where do we start? Well, where did we start in the getting back into watching live music? Probably on the commons, probably local, like I said earlier, I think. Did we? Yeah. I mean, Getting I think, back into it after pandemic? Yeah. I mean, that was the easiest thing to, to do. Like once. When did we go see Tool? February. Then it was Tool. Oh, like there weren't there stuff last year on the commons? It's 2022. Maybe. Totally. We went to a couple. Gun Poets? We might have gone to Gun Poets a couple times. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you're talking bigger stuff. But we didn't go to festivals. Like festivals were still not really happening yeah, that's last true. year. Yeah. Um and it was Yeah, okay. You know, it still felt like there's a lot of people in close proximity yeah. last year, even last summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess okay, fine. Let's start. Tool in February. Yep. In Buffalo. Yeah. Which did not I felt good about that. Like going. I felt like I I mean there were a lot there was it was I think that was one of the first times in a couple of years where we were in a crowd, mm-hmm. so to speak, like a big crowd, not just like on well, the Commons watching the Gun Poets. I mean, this was several thousands and thousands of people inside in an arena. too. In an arena, we were, yeah, because it was February. Um, I actually felt the best about that concert because there, um, because there were rules. Like oh it yeah, it was February. People had to wear masks. Well, that was the band, I think. I think I think it was the venue. That was the band. You had to wear band. masks, and you had to show your vaccine card, or you could not go yeah. to this show. So did you have? I don't think you had to wear a mask. You definitely had to present your vaccine card to get in. Yes, you did. You did not have to wear a mask. Yep. Which was great. Yeah, it felt this level of like, thank you, everyone else. Yeah. There was there was a much less of a chance of getting sick. Yes. I mean, we're talking about communicable diseases. So like, yeah, please. It wasn't, I wasn't concerned at yeah. the end of that concert. Yeah. Even being inside, um, even being in a row with yeah. people in the row behind and in front of us. Yep. You know, yep. we were okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, that was quite awesome. Especially since, you know, what we had never seen them. They had a new album, which like, I mean, it's been three years since that album came out. And if we go by recent history the next one will be probably another 25 years from now mm. they take a while wow <laughs> i'm it's just a, kidding it's a tolkien uh album creation tolkien why because it because it's so slow it takes so long <laughs> to produce an album yeah I, I mean i don't know what i don't know why it took so long i i mean i'm sure there's interviews but i haven't actually said like what actually was it like what I can they say, they never broke up. It was just like they wanted to get it right. I don't even know the whole story. And this is my very, like, very much obviously not knowing anything about this band at a deep level <laughs> because I'm really, really bad at knowing information about famous people in general, but certainly bands. I'm like, I appreciate your music. I don't know what your favorite ice cream is. I do not know what you do in your free time or if you have families. I don't know. Um, and just by the energy of their music, my assumption would be that this place, this comes really from like this place of like deep creative flow and meditation. And mm. it isn't about like crank out, like more, 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 go, 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 like the next thing, the next yeah. thing. That it's yeah, like yeah. truly a creative process um, at the at a like spiritual level. Like yeah. it just felt so damn spiritual and i didn't know if that was because it was our first time Mm -hmm. at a concert of that caliber in a very long time and i i don't think that was the only reason i mean the imagery the sounds like every time i hear tool now all i can think about is that it's uh it's like really good kundalini music yeah oh yeah it's fantastic and 
when I think of that band, I often think of like what comes to mind is something like since this band exists and these people found each other, it's like life is kind of amazing. It's like where like where could these four dudes these four dudes wouldn't fit in any other band. Right. Like they couldn't like right. I mean, and band members are replaced often. Um, you know, I'm thinking of two of my favorite bands, Metallica, who's replaced their bassist three times, um, which is not a lot considering how long what, they've been a band. How long they've been a band, and <laughs> what like happens when you are a band. Pearl Jam has replaced their drummer. Uh, one, two, three. This may be drummer number four, and he's been the drummer since 2000. And it's Matt Cameron. He was the drummer of Soundgarden. Yeah. And like, they needed a drummer, so I think Soundgarden broke up, and then he became their drummer, and has been 20 plus years. Like sometimes that can happen. Like some, like sometimes the genre, like the music is close enough in proximity to the genre. It's like, oh, I dig your sound. I play in a similar kind of way. I can totally fit into this and be part of this thing. I don't like tool doesn't, I don't know. Just like the fact that those four guys came together, it's like, okay, maybe life isn't terrible. Maybe there's a higher purpose. Maybe there's something greater because like those musicians wouldn't fit and be themselves in any other mm. musical context, mm -hmm. I think, which is not really true because like Maynard, the lead singer has like two other side projects, at least like he's the lead right. singer of like a couple other bands. Um, but just the idea that like sometimes it's it's very unique and specialized and like you know you can find your your people you can find your tribe mm -hmm. you can find the people that you can create and jive with and you know it's possible so I don't know I love that yeah I love that I, it does seem like to me the very little that I know about Tool uh, that it's a co-creation process too and when oh, yeah. you're co-creating like. Not that they're the same in any way, but when we think about uh, that documentary that we watched about, around the Beatles and the Beatles coming oh, together yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like, we're going to, you know, John comes up this part and... Um, I think there was some... You know, George is like, okay. Some and, kind of... Co I mean... The, you know, there's some co-creation. I think like... I don't know if I know, like, it, it definitely John and Paul heavy, but like right. George wrote it. Of course, a ton of shit. You know, I don't know how much Ringo was involved. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like you could see in that documentary that there was this like, we're going to come together and we're going to like figure things out. Mm. It wasn't just like uh, kind of the front man writing right. the lyrics and and maybe lead guitarist writing some of the, the right, music. Like someone's got a riff. It's like and truly it's like this collaborative, like let's work things out together in this creative flow. And I think that that takes yeah. time. And the more people that you're involving in the creative flow, it's going to yeah. take longer. Uh, and it's worth it because you come up with this thing, like you said, that like seems like couldn't exist in any other iteration. Any other sort of lineup. Yeah. Um, and it's not a fast, you know, what are they, what is the old adage? Uh, if you want to go far, no, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Hmm. So like, if you're doing a solo project, mm. it's just you. You can right. you can fly yeah. so fast. Well, I think that's like why a lot of times people in bands have solo stuff where they're like, I have this idea for music. It doesn't fit in this band. Right, um, right. It can fit somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I could watch documentaries on how bands record albums like all the time. Oh, yeah, music documentaries. But like there was one thing I saw when that – that documentary dropped. Was it on Disney Plus? I think it might have been. The Beatles? Yeah. I don't remember. Someone was like, here's this great clip. It's basically Paul working out the the lyrics and the rhythm to get back. Mm -hmm. And it's then it's just like George and Ringo sitting there smoking cigarettes, just being just fucking bored out of their mind. <laughs> it's like, we're just going to wait here until he does this and figures it out. And Yoko's just in the background, just sitting there. Sitting. This, yep. And it's just he's I'm working watching. on it. And it's like that's part of the thing where it's like you're going to create something. I'm just going to sit here until you you can figure it out. And there's yep. no pressure. It right. happens when it happens. And then I think of there's a great one. The Metallica year and a half in the life of. It's basically they start recording the Black Album. Wow. Which like was their gigantor record. Uh, and then like a year into the tour afterwards. Like, it's like they just had a camera crew. We're like, we're just going to document and record us making this record. 
and they made it. It took over a year, and then it's released, and they go on tour, and that's when they go on tour with Guns N' Roses, the Guns and Metallica tour where James sets himself on fire, and then there's a riot in Montreal, that whole thing. But the whole process about like making that. Some bands are like, here's a big room. Here's all our instruments, put microphones and everything, and we're going to just play together. Mm-hmm. That They did a lot of rehearsing that way, but when it came down to like laying down tracks for like the bass or the guitar solos, it was like, we're going to lay down the rhythms and the drums. They're recorded. So Kirk, come in here. You're going to play the solo over this, and we're just going to hit play and record, and you're going to do a solo. And Lars and James are in there and like, okay, let's see if you can get it kind of thing. Like It was very segmented and produced which isn't a bad thing because right. it's like yeah it's a f- yep. it's like it, that album is like no skips like i hit play and can listen to that whole thing you don't skip wow. a song on that on that album um but it's just so fascinating how bands do that and i could watch i could too like endless amounts of bands i would watch that documentary oh it's so fascinating mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's so funny it's really good um so should we segue into talking about Metallica since since it's right here? Since it's like that was where the conversation went, and we just saw them two weeks ago, two and a half, three weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. Also in Buffalo. Buffalo is our new Buffalo concert place. Buffalo, apparently. New York. <laughs> Who knew? Apparently, where we go to see see, uh, see our big bands. name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the it's either I mean where we are, it's either Buffalo or Syracuse mm-hmm. is the easiest places to get to. I don't know what would yep. be closer but like if you don't go to syracuse and buffalo is what two and a half hours there might be some stuff that happens in rochester yeah i would maybe. imagine too but that. for whatever reason buffalo keeps yeah being two and a half hours on 90 easy and that's it oh my god and we we drove there after we went to iowa so i'm like only two and a half hours in the car <laughs> i can go to buffalo and home and back again mm-hmm. that'd be easy yeah it was great um you had never seen metallica no i had I'd never seen them metallica twice this was 20 years ago wow give me your hot takes hot takes on metallica yeah metallica is sound healing i think you're the first person in the universe to say that i don't believe that maybe to use those words in the context that i think you're about to say so when we think about how sound healing actually works in the physical human body and in the energy human body it works through vibrations. So certain vibrations, you know, if you go to a gong bath, for example, you're going to be surrounded by gongs. If you're going to take some hits from the gong. You're going to take some gong hits. I knew that that, <laughs> I knew that, that joke was going to get slid in there somewhere. Um, slid. I, I, like, th- I like threw it over my shoulder. You, like potato you dropped sack it style. out of, like you were jumping out of a tree, like those <laughs> boys in that band on TikTok. That's amazing. Um, so... If you are in a sound healing event that has to do with singing bowls, like the singing bowls might be surrounding you or someone might put the singing bowls like over your body, ring them and you can feel the vibration. You can feel it in your muscles. You can feel it in your bones. Um, You can feel it. Your nervous system obviously feels a shift. And of course, this is like a vibration. Sound healing can happen when you're really close to speakers, whenever there is music or sound being created, you're being impacted by the vibrations of that sound. That said, we were very far away in Metallica. Oh, yeah. We you were, were, we were, I couldn't even imagine. We weren't even 300 level, but we were like, because we were in front of, like, we were facing the stage. Yes. But we were very far back. Other end of the stadium. And very up. Like, very not up. like way, way up, but up enough. So and I, and I can't imagine being in that crowd. Oh, on the like general mission? Like, no way. I don't know how people were not all getting COVID. And I don't know how people peed. They must have well, much younger someone behind bladders. us, Someone behind us even commented, and they were just saying what I was thinking, looking at the general mission, saying, what do you do when you have to pee? I'm like, oh, someone in their 40s is sitting behind me now. Yes. They're yes. having the thought I had. But like, when you're there, our age what do you, is behind us. What do you do? <laughs> Exactly. You know what? And when you're 20-something, you don't think about that. You don't think about it. No. Um, So we were pretty far back. Yeah. And I could feel the music vibration. Yeah. My my bet is like it was the drums and the bass. 
definitely drums and bass and and sometimes even guitar yeah. like oh, yeah. i could feel it in the center of my chest mm. like most profound yeah. right um and when i feel something in the center of my chest when we like you know think about it through the like yoga anatomy lens of going to a Metallica concert. I'd really be disappointed if you didn't look at it through this lens. <laughs> so I'm um, glad you did. It's vibrating your thymus gland. And your thymus gland, of course, like if we're looking at it through more energetics, it's like the space where your heart chakra is. So it's um, it's a part of your body that does have a connection to your immune system. Wait, your thymus? I thought your thymus was like up here. In the no, that's your thyroid. Oh, okay. So your thymus is in the center. And what can happen is that your thymus gland kind of eventually just mm. stops doing a thing. Like it, st- it starts off all like pink and healthy tissue. And over time and as you age, it can like get kind of gray is, is it and just like atrophy with lack of use or, yeah. yeah and so sound healing sound vibration is so important to keep that huh. healthy oh, sure. um to keep that healthy tissue they talk about this a lot in like heart math programs if you haven't uh checked that out before you can just do some googling on heart math because that has to do with the vibration of your heart and how your heart sends out a vibration when it pumps and that vibration interacts with other people. So if your heart is sending out a vibration that sends a message, and at that level, imagine then music at the volume of a concert, music that is played by people who are like, this is what this is what live music is about for me. I almost can go to any concert. There's definitely some genres where I'm less willing, but I can almost go to any live music concert because people in total love and joy and appreciation and awe for what they're producing. Like they're just in their love of this hobby turned profession, if it does. So there's that element of it. The other reason is watching people from all different age groups, walks of life, background. I mean, we were at Metallica and, you know, thankful for stranger things and the the young adolescent yeah. faces in their hellfire club t-shirts yeah. just being so excited mm-hmm. like music becomes this universal experience and language that it doesn't matter what car you drive and it doesn't matter where you grew up and for whatever differences we have we understand each other through this music at this level and i love that so much <clears throat> This is a story from the concert that illustrates my point that whenever from this point forward, if I hear anyone say anything along the lines of women are chattier, talk more than men, I'm going to call <laughs> bullshit because I have two stories about how that is not true. This one pertaining to the concert, I went to go pee before the show started. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the the... The last opener is played. It's probably eight, ten after eight, maybe quarter after eight. And so the venue's starting to fill up, right? And this it was in Highmark Stadium, which is where the Bills play, which has must have been built in the seventies, because this is literally so the weird. worst designed stadium it's I have so ever weird. entered in my life. Like the concourses were just so narrow. Like I'm thinking mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. Because, like, the, I guess another recent stadium I've been in is the new Yankee Stadium when I would take a field trip. Yep. Students. Uh, students, my freshman on a field trip. And this, like, when you walk down the steps, uh, like, you walk out of your seat, you go down the steps, like, where the food and bathrooms are. Like, there is so much space. Like, yes, we were also in the 300s and it wasn't a packed house, but there was just so much room. Even leaving the stadium in the exodus that was leaving a professional sports event it never felt so claustrophobic and congested and like this is just so overbearingly like claustrophobic is the yeah. best word i can think of yep. so the stadium is just terrible so, so and there weird. was like i don't i think there's probably three bathrooms in the whole place maybe <laughs> so of course there's a line out you know down whatever forever forever long. and so i get in the back of the line and the two dudes in front of me one guy just turns around and he's like, hey, 
what's your name? It's like, my name's Matt. I'm Ricky. Hey, man. How's it going? <laughs> this is Jim. He's like, hey, man. Then there's like five more seconds of that. And they both just like started talking to themselves. I'm like, okay. All right. Good, good job, guys. Mm-hmm. And then a dude gets behind me. And he's just like, yeah, I mean, there's there's bushes right there. Can I just go in those bushes? Can I just pee in just the pee bushes? In bushes? He's like, I'm 50 years old. I, can I pee in these bushes? I'm like, I know, man. But like, this, you know, stereotype, we're dudes. So this will take longer than the ladies room. So it's going to move. And he's like, yeah, line's moving. Line's moving. Mm-hmm. I saw Metallica in 1980. I saw him on the Justice Tour. Did you know the song Shortest Straw is about when the, when the night when Cliff Burton, their bassist, died? I'm like. I haven't said two words to you other than, yeah, that bush is a good bush to pee in. And he's just talking. I mean, just granted, talking. he probably had some beers. So like he did. the he social lubricant, had beers. the social engine is well lubricated. And he's talking. He's like, I saw this, saw him here. I saw him here. I'm like, oh, I saw him like in 2000 for the first time. And I can't believe it. How awesome it was. It's been so long. He's like, yeah, I got my son here. This is his first show. And his son's like 20 something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, And that's what it is. It's just like that intergenerational right. and- Right. That Stranger Things was like, and they closed the show with Master of Puppets. Yes. Which they would know, they not would say never. In the past, they haven't, I mean, that's usually in the first mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. to eight songs. But now with Stranger Things, they like close with it. And I think, I remember seeing a, a video where the guy that played Eddie met Metallica backstage. At, like, they gave him a guitar, right? Yeah, I think they gave him the guitar. They, they, they jammed in the tuning room. And James was like, I love the show. It's been a bonding for my family. We love it. And it's just like one of those, if I think of the band from the documentary when they're in their 30s uh-huh. and now they're like in their 60s or, yeah. you know, it's like so different. Um, but also like not a lot has changed as far as like what they're here to do, the music they're playing. And it's just, it was really cool to see that like, I got my son here. I turn around and he's like, oh. You're twenty something, but we also saw. I remember walking down the corridor to our seats, and I overheard another conversation. Like, this is my son's first show, and he was must have been thirteen. Yeah, 12, 12. 13. He was super tiny. Mm-hmm. He had like earphones to put over in case it got too loud. Um, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And visually, they have added a lot of like like behind the sh- the, the the stage where they are is like enormous like 50 foot digital screens that portray images based on like the song and stuff like that mm, amazing yeah, images it was really cool yeah um i was thinking about that uh reflection that you've had recently around the excessive talking of older men <laughs> that have been around you my right? second example this is a golf story which i'll tell <laughs> in a second um and so typically when you tell these stories and have these like, mm, women get this reputation as women like, like and, yeah, yeah, they just won't stop talking and they never stop talking to each other. Uh, and unfairly, because even though that may be true, it is also equally true for men in certain scenarios and of certain ages. So what happens when we get out of fire time of life, right? So when we okay. stop having so much pizza and we start moving into vata, which for men... Can you say what Vata is again? Air and space. Okay. Ain't no air and space. <sighs> Definitely said that before. There Did is- you just ask me to say that so you could say that? No, I actually don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there is an air and space museum. Good Lord. So, you know, men have the most... People who identify as having a lot of masculine energy typically have the most amount of fire in their 20s and early 30s. And then the older that they get, the more air comes in. And this is true uh, for everybody. It just kind of like depends on where it starts to vata time of life starts to enter. So some clues around if vata is getting amped up in your body more so than it was in the past are things like gray hair, dry skin, um, not being able to sleep all night. I don't have dry skin, but I have a lot of the former. You have a lot of the gray hair. I do. You do, you do. It's it really, you know what? Well, I mean, obviously, facial hair—that's the easiest to see. But I notice it more if I like we're out in the sun and like my chest gets sunburned. <laughs> I'm like, man, those gray hairs just pop with that 
It's that like red, a pink chest and red, silver hair. It your makes chest. it so much more problem. Like, Jesus Christ, it's so much. <laughs> oh, man. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so these men start to get older and they get into vata. So vata, a quality of it is lots of words, mm. lots of talking. Um, sometimes even like talking without beginning, middle, and end, and like changing of subject and jumping around. You like, say that. I think when I was telling my Metallica story about the show and the dude, uh-huh. I'm wrapping that up. I'm like, this is not how this story started. Yes, exactly. Oh, and I thought that I'm like, I almost wanted to address it. Like, how did I get here? Because this is not <laughs> how I started. Oh, well, apparently. Welcome to Vata season. Welcome Matt. to some Vata season. Oh. Well, it's Vata time of year too. But anyway, I digress. So when we're excited about something when we are inspired or like you have that nervous kind of energy and being amped about like we're gonna go to disney world or we're going on vacation (laughs) right like that amped up excitement that will have you like it's a hard time to sleep you have a hard time sleeping Mm. because you're so excited or you get those butterflies and you're that was me at christmas until i was like 12 (laughs) i think it's still you at christmas sometimes um we can't go to sleep because we're too excited about the next day that also happens, I think, at live music for people who are really big fans. And so these men who are in their Vata time of life and are waiting in line for the bathroom and they're so excited about the show starting, it's like the Vata isn't just like full flow. And they're going to talk about this thing and the next thing and the next thing. Oh, yeah. I and was... you do it a lot now when oh. you're when you're talking about golf. Oh. Like you'll start on one golf story and then it will go to, off into like eight other golf stories. You just made me sound so super not cool. Really? I don't know. I assure you that you're cool, honey. Ugh, Even cares? if you're normcore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the new phrase I learned I think like, this you, week. You get this way when you talk about your ninja stars. <laughs> No, it's funny. I love your hyperfixations. I think that they're fun. You love them now. I just like to ride that wave of like whatever, you know, your newest thing is. And I know that it will have a season and then you'll move on to another thing. And well, golf isn't a good one because it is seasonal. Right. Like I'll stop playing in October, maybe in November. And then. But then you'll read books about golf when right. you're not playing I golf. Mean, the, 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 it'll dip through Christmas. Mm-hmm. And once like February hits, I'm like, oh, I'm going to swing a club in like three months. I better. Right. Do some twisty exercises to not hurt myself. Yeah, do your little twisty yeah. workout with what's his face? Irish Mike. Mike. Irish Mike. Yeah. Yeah. So I talk a lot, huh? Absolutely not. Nobody would ever <laughs> say that sentence about you. <laughs> no one ever said the phrase, Matt just wouldn't shut up. No one has ever said that, and no one will ever say that. That's absolutely true. No one will ever say that. Um. If anything, people are like, is Matt okay? <laughs> is he bored? Is he sick of us? Fun fact, Matt doesn't get bored. Matt doesn't get bored. Nope. Ever. Um, so earlier you mentioned about like going to a show or a concert you wouldn't go to. Mm-hmm. What falls under that category? Like what would I not go to? Yeah. Like what if it's music? like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I see that. I mean, like yeah. I've thought about like what could i could go see dolly pardon yep i could go see willie nelson i think totally i could um i don't know i i don't know if i can actually come up with any other which is interesting because we saw we went to a bluegrass festival a few weeks or months ago like yes. a month ago and it was awesome yes and bluegrass is close to country it is um, but I'm in the same, I'm in agreement where I would not go to a country show. It just doesn't do anything for me. You know, and probably some of it has to do with like some cultural things that I just couldn't like wrap my head around. Um, and that would be hard, mm. you know, uh, there's some country music that's just like so much weird masculinity that I can't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I think that with bluegrass, bluegrass feels really close to Celtic music. Mm, you're right. That's me. what it is. You know, when I hear fiddles, yep, it's the fiddles. I hear Celtic. I don't fiddles, hear... and then the banjo, I don't say replaces the guitar because there were acoustic guitars too, but the banjo, it doesn't make it more twangy or country-y. 
Right. And like, it's, it you know, it's know probably it modern country rock that drives me the most crazy. And it, it yeah. isn't. Doesn't. I mean, I won't even say it drives me crazy. I'm saying it, it, would, it does absolutely nothing for me, mm-hmm. which is maybe the best insult you can give to a music. <laughs> and I don't well, mean I mean, to be, like, I don't mean to be insulting at no, all, we just, but it just like, it, it does, it, it doesn't move me at all. Things and, resonate with you musically, I think for a reason. Yeah. And I think that, um, some of it has to do with what you grew up around, yep. you know? And I think some of it is also like ancestral. I think it mm. is mm. in our DNA mm. to respond to oh, yeah. certain music, and I, I see that. you know, and I grew up, I grew up around live music a lot. So like, and this is something we don't really talk about a whole lot. But like, my mom used to be in a band, and uh, when I was a kid, so I remember like her performing and singing, um, and going to like kind of mm-hmm. a lot of live music shows where mm-hmm. in my small child brain i was like these old people really like it's to do this like thing together val and the rockers kind of thing <laughs> i don't even remember <laughs> don't even remember <laughs> um and my my grandmother had such appreciation for la- for music in period mm. there was always music there was music yep. constantly out by the pool there was music in the kitchen there were speakers like built into the wall. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, what is the music of your, I won't say ch- like youth, childhood, the music that like you remember being on in the background or when you hear it, you're like, oh, this was, this was whatever the adults listened to right. when I was little. For me, uh, dad was into the Moody Blues. Okay. A lot of Moody Blues going around. Yeah. That was more of like high schoolish for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Palmer. Okay. It's like addicted to love. You know that song? Nice. Yeah. Oh, yes, I know that yeah. song. Yeah. That's some good stuff. I forgot about him. It was good. <laughs> I'm gonna hit up Spotify later. That's fun. It was good. And the other ones will come to me. What'd um, your mom listen to? I wanna say speed metal? Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Such an ass. Um she was a big Beatles fan. I think she was um, um definitely early I mean <laughs> <laughs> just the early Beatles when they had short hair, but not when they got weird. Not when they got weird. <laughs> I think I've heard her say this yep, sentence yep, before. I remember that. Yes, that is what comes to mind. Hey, friends. This conversation goes a little bit longer, so join us next time for Live Music Part 2. This is Matt. Thank you. <laughs>